Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we are here to review episode FABF03. It is Marge versus singles, seniors, childless couples and teens and gays. I'm Dando. I am Guy. A question for Dando. Do you reckon you could have said that title off the top of your head without actually looking down and reading it? Not at all, but can I just say, welcome to 2004 everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How are you, man? Oh, yeah. Doing okay. It's uh, yeah, been a hectic few days uh, with the day job. I mean, much more much more pleasurable to be talking about The Simpsons and South Park and other stuff like that, yeah, yeah. rather than going over the nuts and bolts of the budget and all that. When I talk about the budget, I'm talking about the federal budget, but also my family budget because I spent a little time on the phone with the tax office saying, uh, "I think I owe you a lot of money." Oh no, they finally got you. <laughs> they did. <laughs> And they keep charging interest. Can we stop that? Oh, man. <laughs> but luckily, the they were actually... The finger thing means the taxes. <laughs> they were quite good about it. All the, yes, the lady on the end of the phone did me a solid. Can I just say, I know it might sound sexist, but it's always better when you get a, a female on the other end of the line. They always just seem to be much softer on you, much more understanding. When it's a guy, it's just like, I want to meet my quota. The woman's like, I'm hearing your sob story and I feel for you, buddy. What can we do for you? <laughs> I didn't even have to sob that much. I thought I was going to have to, you know, really break out the waterworks. But uh, Can you break out the waterworks when you need to? Like, are you good at a sob story? What? Give us your, give us a, a, a guy, Davis, sob story. I'm the tax man. All right. I'm the tax lady. All right, Mr. Davis, it seems, it seems here that you owe us uh, $12,000 in tax. What are we going to do about this? <laughs> You are suspiciously close to the amount that I that I owe them. <laughs> They're gonna take my thumbs. <laughs> no, I, I tend not to get sort of too sort of. <laughs> They're gonna take the house away or anything or anything like that. It's more like you, you try to be rational with the underlying sense of desperation and shame. Look, I don't have my shit together, lady. I'm really sorry. Yeah, so, sometimes that's just the best thing to say. You just got to cop to being a fuck up. <laughs> so I, I messed up. I'm re- I, I feel really, really bad about this. I know I should have my life together, but it just gets away from me. And then <laughs> sometimes it's just like, mm, yeah, let's take pity on this poor fool. Um, but other times, you know, you sort of, but generally you've sort of got, it's got to be, it's time to buy the bullet and yes, do this. And, but you know, did it pretty hard with COVID. <laughs> pull the COVID card. <laughs> pull the COVID card. Apparently, everyone's pulling the COVID card. Oh, yeah. It's, a, it's the best card to pull at the moment. I'd actually pull it today. Saying, oh, yeah. Sorry. I didn't get- Someone sent me a text in July last year. I never got back to them. Now I need something from them. So I, re- I went to write to them. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't um, I didn't reply to you back to reply to this message. I was in such a shit spot during COVID. Like, it was just fucked. Lockdown was a piece of shit. And I didn't ask for what I needed. I waited for them to go, oh, no worries about it. It's all good. I, I was going pretty shit as well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. By the way, I just need you to do this for me. <laughs> <laughs> How did they, and do they agree? Or? 
I haven't replied yet. <laughs> that dando. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Anyway. But everything okay at your end? Yeah, everything's all good. I'm just making sure I keep Louise's name out of my fucking mouth. Slap! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What a time to be alive, eh? Good God. I'm a bit of a movie nerd, as you know, and, you know, for... As long as I can remember, like, it's a wonderful time for Oscar tuning into the Academy Awards. Movie industry's night of nights. And this time around, I was like, I'm not really interested. I think I know why. Because cinema wasn't the same last year. Films weren't released the way they were normally released. I think, I feel like when everyone's going back to the cinema again as per usual, which I'm not sure we'll ever actually get back to that point, I feel like that's when the Oscars will sort of build up that hype again. It just, I didn't even really know who was nominated this year. I couldn't really care. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that just went, you know, straight to streaming. The ones that were in the cinema that were expected to be big hits actually weren't. I mean, I think everyone thought, oh, Steven Spielberg's directing West Side Story. It's a an American master directing, an American classic of the musical theatre. And no one really cared. No one, I mean, not, I mean, it, I don't think it made its money back. I think it was a bit of a flop. And I think most people were like, yeah, this is really good. Really good movie. What's next? You know, and everyone went to see Spider-Man instead. Yeah, exactly. Maybe uh, Ricky Gervais was just onto something. You know, it's all just a fucking sham. I think it might be. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was I wasn't actually watching the event or even paying that much attention. I was sort of I was working and I was looking at what was happening on Twitter. It's like, oh, okay, so and so got you know, oh, they won the award. Oh, that's nice. Oh, so and so's jokes are flopping. Oh, there you go. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> I wasn't hearing ding, 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 but it was like every mention on Twitter was like, what the fuck? What just happened? Oh Something's my God, is that on. real? <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of delay. So if, wait a minute, what? Will Smith actually got up out of his seat and slapped Chris Rock in the face. Mm. <laughs> and then said, keep my wife's name at your fucking mouth. Twice. Twice. It, that second time <laughs> was ruthless. It was indeed. I love the way he goes, I love the way he goes, I'm going to. And then he goes, it was a G.I. Jane joke. And Will Smith just goes, yes. <laughs> the way he says yes, as if to say, <laughs> now let me repeat myself, motherfucker. <laughs> now, I no, must admit, you know, I'm a little torn on this. If someone insulted the lovely Louise, well, first of all, they'd have no grounds to because she's flawless. And secondly... Phys- physical harm is never the answer to anything. It never is. Having said that, you know, someone insults someone you love... You kind of want to step to them. I understand, but someone in his position, never the way to answer. Never, but no. never the way to respond. No. He's got, to, he's got to set an example for everyone out there, and that was not how to do it. That is correct. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it, and coming from Will Smith, it was so weird. Not because, you know, oh, he's Will Smith. He's likable, life of the party kind of guy. But We've just never seen him be like this. We've never seen him be aggressive no. before, ever. No, no, but... I think, and I think I may have talked about this on on another chat that we've had, Tendo. But someone whose career and persona has been so carefully constructed and maintained over not years but decades—the Tom Cruise, essentially, yeah. yeah. For him to just throw all that to the wind and get up in the middle of the movie industry's night of nights, walk up on stage and slap the comedian who. Very, 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 very lightly toasted his wife. <laughs> you reckon? I don't think it was that much of a diss, in all honesty. He has apparently said that he didn't realise that she was suffering from any form of illness, hmm. which is why he made the joke. 
Because Chris Rock is not a bad dude. And I guarantee if he knew that she's actually suffering from something, he wouldn't have made that fucking joke. Yeah. He seems like a nice guy. But anyway, enough about the Will Smith scenario. Indeed. People, Let's talk shit, about... Shit, shit went down at the Oscars. People got slapped. People cried. The, what, what, was his, what was his quote about love? No, it was what's a the vessel big, of love. A river of love or a river to his people. A vessel of love. Slap. Congratulations to all who won awards, but um, one last shout out to Lady Gaga and the way she handled the Liza Minnelli situation, that was fucking spot on. I keep forgetting where, of course, Dando and I do this via Zoom so we can yeah, see yeah. each other. Of course, I'm just giving thumbs up that uh, I really should say, yes, props to Lady Gaga. Just a tasteful and cool individual around, looking out for Liza Minnelli, uh, who you know, came out in a wheelchair, was a bit unsteady, and um, it was just a, yeah, a, a sweet, sweet moment when... Um, she kept her dignity. Yes. Lady Gaga's like, I gotcha, and Liza's like, I know, and yeah. Queen supporting queens, you love to see it. Yeah. So this episode here, Marge versus singles, seniors, childless couples, and teens and gays. This started playing, and we started getting roofy, and I've always known this episode as, oh, fucking hell, it's that one with the annoying song, right? <laughs> and I immediately went, ugh, I hate this one. And then I watched it. And I realized that I actually appreciate and relate to this episode on a whole new level, being a parent. And I feel we're going to have different opinions on the topics in this episode because we fall on different sides of the scale. That is correct, yes. Dando is, of course, a father of two. I am a father of none, um, to the best of my knowledge. But so the, the roofie scenario, right? So it's, it's a funny thing. Before I had kids, I too agreed that it was those songs were annoying, repetitive, Get them out of my fucking life. I don't want to hear them at all, right? Now, being a father... <laughs> get, get those songs out of my fucking life. <laughs> Rufy is essentially the modern-day baby shark, right? <laughs> so, to many people, it's annoying. I completely understand because I was once like that. But once you're a parent, right, whatever keeps your kids quiet and happy, it grows on you and you love them for it. Yeah. So, you love these songs because they keep your kids quiet. It's like, oh my yeah. God, they're, they're like a, a babysitter, right? a, a babysitter that costs nothing. Unless you go into the concerts or whatever like that, you can chuck them on YouTube, it's free. <laughs> the thing is also, the other side to it is, it's not just that it keeps your kids quiet, but it's also one of the first things that you and your child can bond over because right. you can sing the songs together. You know, they can be upset, they can, they can be crying. I can start going, like, for example, Holly, she's crying. I'll then go, baby, shut, do, 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 do. And she puts a smile on it, puts a smile on her face. So it's like these things that are potentially, you know, perceived as annoying to most people who don't have kids mm. are actually lifesavers, but they're also things that you can bond with your kids over. And one of the first things that you can share a mutual love over. And I understand I love Baby Shark, but it's like... But you, you love the Baby Shark effect. Exactly. We, we can connect over some, We can connect with it. And I think that's what parents love about these things as well, is the ability to be able to connect with your child in ways that you can't normally. I really have nothing to add to that, Dando, because, I mean, <laughs> like I said, I've never uh, had... To, I, I don't think I've ever heard any Raffi music. Rufi. No, no. Oh, well, Raffi. Sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Raffi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've definitely heard some Rufi music because I watched this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and and in all honesty, I mean- I thought you were going somewhere else with that gag then. <laughs> <laughs> Rufi, I'm very familiar with. <laughs> if you know what I mean. Big fan. No, no. <laughs> Big fan of the Rufis. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but even but even Baby Shark. I mean, I'll occasionally be, oh my god, you get Baby Shark in your head, you'll never get it out. I'm like, I think you must have to hear it a few times because I've only ever heard it once or twice. The twice was probably just when you did a little bit of it then, and it's like it's never really stuck with me. What Baby Shark? Do 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 do. It's more the the tunes, and not necessarily always the Baby Shark, but it's just everything because there's other 
YouTube channels and whatnot that copy the same uh, tune. So they'll go, brush your hair, do, 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 do. As long as it's got three syllables, you know, brush your teeth, do, 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 wash your hands. So if, in your head, kiss my ass. Do, do, exactly. Do, do, do. Not necessarily, <laughs> the kids, wipe my ass, do, 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 do. <laughs> Not necessarily saying baby shop, but you're going, that stuck in your head. But there's others, there's a song at the moment that's been going around stuck in my head. And I'm actually glad it, it it is because I really enjoy it. And I've been told that this show is great. It's a kid's show. I've mm-hmm. been told by numerous parents, you've got to watch this show. It's great. And I'm like, oh, I don't want another fucking show. I don't <laughs> want the toys for it. Blah, 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 blah. Bluey, it's fucking great, mate. Oh, Bluey okay. is so good. It's actually a show that parents and kids can both enjoy together, much like The Simpsons. It's not as elaborate as The Simpsons. They're only like short five to ten minute episodes. But it's just so real and relatable and I, I love it I, and the Bluey theme song has just been in my head all day it's been well, great well that's good news because I have not I think I've seen like maybe two minutes of Bluey it's really good I recommend checking it out I think you'll probably appreciate it more if you're a kid because it's, it's the parents and the kids hanging out and you know mm. the kids stealing the phone and wanting to go on face, Facebook and all that kind of stuff so you might not relate to it in that aspect but I, I guarantee you you'll get a chuckle out of it it's really solid stuff okay then. well yeah. there we go there's plenty of stuff for both parents and kids and for Old singletons like me, well, I'm just going to be sitting in the um, in the grown-up section of Luigi's uh, telling an anecdote about lovemaking without caring about anyone else. <laughs> I also think this is, what I liked about this episode was that it's a topic that will always be relevant. Oh, I mean, yeah. this, could, this will still work in 2032, this episode, yeah. purely because there will always be people who don't have kids and people with kids. And I really like the way they handled the parent, Marge in particular, trying to justify to people who don't have kids why it's great to have kids. Mm. Meanwhile, Bart's rocked up with her handbag full of shit. (laughs) (laughs) I've I've been in those scenarios where I try and tell the guys at work, oh, no, it's the greatest thing ever. They're like, you're always complaining about how tired you are. (laughs) I'm like, I know, but it's great. That's the (laughs) the trade-off. It's hard to to explain. It's hard to explain that whilst I'm whinging, complaining, I'm always tired and I've got shit on my hands and blah, blah, blah. It's worth every second. It's a really strange thing. And until you are a parent, I don't think you can really quite wrap your head around it. It's, it's bizarre. No, it's something that I've long understood and wrestled with to some degree. I mean, look, for a very long time, mm. when I was younger, I was of a mind that, oh, yeah, it's it was natural that I would be a parent, be a father. and um, You would be a... I don't think from the time I've known you, I don't feel like your lifestyle now, you would want a kid fucking up your house, right? <laughs> I do a good job, at, good enough job of that myself. <laughs> but I think if you, for whatever reason, accidentally had a kid, I think you would be a great dad. I have been, it has been one of the great joys of my life being an uncle to my sister's kids. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely the, great, the, the fun uncle. I like to think so. <laughs> and um, I have an awareness or at least a very solid suspicion deep in my heart that having a child just magnifies your it increases your capacity for joy and love and all that kind of stuff i'm all for that but i like to think i'm a fairly joyful and happy person as it is you also like to watch nine days fiance without being bothered that is correct (laughs) (laughs) it's funny i was um to get a little personal for a second, I mean, yeah, yeah. listeners of the show know that I was married. Uh, yeah. My ex-wife and I remain pretty friendly. I mean, yeah. my line is that, you know, we split up so we could stay friends. And, you know, she's remarried now. The, her uh, new husband has a few kids. Those kids have started to have kids. With, with her or they? No, 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 no. He, okay, he, had, three kids. Yep, he yep, had three yep. kids from his previous marriage. And they've started to have kids now. Oh, wow. And, yeah, 
Father Time's marching on, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, the 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 one of the little boys who's you know a bit of a toddler or what do you call it? It's three is three a toddler? Uh yeah, yeah. I say I still say Elliot's a toddler. I guess yeah. Yeah, um, uh, he's, he's not, but he is. Yeah, I know what you mean. Three year old. Yeah. Well, I spoke to Libby not long ago, and she was saying how she has a really good relationship with this little boy. He calls her Nana and all that kind of stuff, and it just made me very, very happy because I'm glad that she's got that in her life. And I mean, you know, with the lovely Louise, she has her kids. I'm, of course, I mean, they, their dad lives just down the road. I'm not a dad or even a stepdad to them, but you have to be. You have to fill a role. No, I don't have to be. No, but I mean, it makes me extremely happy to be. You can kind of you kind of live vicariously through that scenario. Yeah, yeah, at her place, a bunch of us on the couch watching Raiders Lost Ark. They'll be giving me shit, you know, which is um, how you would be if you had kids twenty years ago. Yeah, I imagine so. And I mean, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. I I I don't regret the decisions that I made in my life in terms of not having kids or anything like that. But I will say that it's nicer having them around. <laughs> Yeah, I can. Uh, but it's, it's also it, good giving them back. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why you always always have your own house. Is that right? Th- that is correct. Or at very least, my own room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to my room. <laughs> when the lovely Louise and I eventually shack up together, I think no, we've talked about like, I think we're going to have to have a spare room. <laughs> yeah. You kids have stood in my way long enough. <laughs> what did you think of the War of the Worlds ending? I thought it was a really clever way to wrap this up. That was indeed very clever. <laughs> Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you thought it was love, but it was just cooties. <laughs> Still one of the best endings to a sci-fi story ever, right? Oh, really is, isn't it? It's just because it's so obvious. Yeah, it's, it's, like, just, it's great. COVID saved the day. Hey, my favourite. Well, speaking of how much we love the ending, what are some of your favourite moments just uh, besides the ending? Hmm. Um, just a few little things here and there. Mm-hmm. You mentioned uh, a bit of a War of the Worlds reference with the, with yeah, the yeah. ending. I was partial to, I guess, the whole Woodstock thing that they had going on with uh, with the Rufy concert. That was a fun parody, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, but I especially liked at the end when Rufy's getting airlifted out. It's a bit of an Apocalypse Now reference mm. with uh, the kids sort of, the toddlers hanging onto the helicopter as it takes Falling off. Falling down. <laughs> I like that a bit. Uh, this may sound odd, yep. but I got a real chuckle out. It's just um, the Kent Brockman bit. It's later in the episode where he goes, Coming up, what your dog can tell you about your prostate. Mmm. <laughs> Just the mmm at the end. It's like breaking news. Uh, <laughs> One of the best things about watching those kind of news shows is the the way they react to the news. Like once the story's finished, they'll either go, such a sad story. Like they'll, they'll tell you how you're supposed to feel. Oh, yes. Just in case you didn't get it. Yeah. Sad story. <laughs> or just in, just in case you didn't, just in case you didn't know. I'm a human being too, not just yes. Newsbot 3000. <laughs> the old Tracy Grimshaw. Oh, there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> uh, but my favourite uh, part mm. was, listeners of the show know I'm a, I'm a big fan of Squeaky Voice Teen. Yes. And when he, then he finally manned up. <laughs> yes, he's now, uh, what is he, a, a manly voice teen? Now I am. <laughs> Until he's, you know, put back in his place. Uh, what was J- Judy you, Dench. You want fries with that? Yeah. <laughs> My favourite bits. You, what did you like? I really liked... So, Steve, did you pull funny face? Yes. Did you wave your keys? Yes. I did it all, man. 
at them like, that's exactly what you do. You pull funny faces, you play peekaboo, you dangle the keys in front of them. What the fuck's going to work? Baby shark. It's baby shark. Put baby shark on quick. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times Nicola and I have gone because we feel like Elliot after a while, YouTube's a dangerous animal because it works. But what it does is it always says, suggest things. Yeah. Like, before that video is finished, you might also like watching this one. Elliot's like, I want to watch that one now. And I'm like, no, no, this <laughs> one's finished. But I want to watch that one now. I can't tell you how many times Nicola and I have said, that's it. No more YouTube. We are removing the yap from the TV. That's it. Foot is coming down. <laughs> Next day. Quick. It's all YouTube. Baby shark. Quick. Baby shark. <laughs> <laughs> I also really liked when they come up with the name for, what is it? Skiver, Skitaba Gap or whatever. Single seniors, <laughs> childless couples and teens and gays. I love the, the old Jewish guy. Mm, catchy name. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually got that. Re- mm. <laughs> was it Jasper? No, no. It was the old Jewish man. Oh, was it? Okay. Thought- catchy name. <laughs> Get your name. <laughs> Just mentioning to some, some chick next to him he's probably never met before, but that's what happens, you know. Mm, get your name. Yeah. And when the immigration department arrives, Luigi's just gone. <laughs> it crickets. <laughs> it was a nice sort of a multiple gag, that one. Was a it? really good use of a visual gag, though. I really like that, yeah. Yes. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Now it is time for some trivia, but Mr. Davis, before we get into some trivia... We need to read mm-hmm. out some Patreon shout-outs, our $20 patrons who bring you this show each and every week, starting with our man Andrew Zer, Hank Scorpio, Kevin Dental Plan Flood, Steamed Ham Champion Dylan Haggett, Jonathan Rossi, all the way from the great city of New York, uh, Zach Pruitt from the You Can't Disappoint a Podcast, a community podcast. Check that mm-hmm. out if you like community. Christopher Darby, our man from What Culture, Timothy Belson, Joel Yoland, Jordan Moleman Ritchie, KDG, Daniel Kotnick, Shannon Hofar, Jenna Rice, Reese Roberts, Adam Sanderson, George McMenemy. Hope you enjoyed your trip all the way over in the States recently, George. Oh, Keith yeah. Nedham, Stephen Roberts, Sean Devey, Bella Winderbank, David Stewart, Tom Pickering, Mark Boston Burgess, Groundskeeper Noah, and Declan Phoenix. They are our $20 patrons, and we appreciate the shit out of those people, don't we, Mr. Davis? Absolute heroes and champions, every last one of them. Oh, yeah. Mm. As we say, you're keeping the lights on at Four Finger Discount HQ. Also, shout-outs to our latest members of the Four Finger Discount Patreon family, Andy Kozlowski, Andrew Kellogg, Ross Collier, and Joseph Emery. Thank you so much for joining up as well. Oh, thanks a bunch, guys. All right. Now, Mr. Davis, it is time for some trivia for Marge versus Single Seniors, Charles, Couples, and Teens and Gays. The first question is, what is the name of the host of Dollhouse Do-Overs? I don't know about the host, but I do know the name of the designer is Jeremy. Oh, okay. That's what I meant. Yes. Okay. Crosses off list. Uh, <laughs> question from list. Okay. Then. Your second a- question. Actually, I'm crossing off two questions because I was about to ask, what is the name of Rufy's assistant? Oh, Steve. Yes, indeed. So <laughs> did it maybe- all, man. <laughs> My second question is, where will you find the helpful bear? Crosses off. Third question. He's on the 28th floor. We've been doing so, this show together too long. You're now done. You're finished. Bring back Mitch. <laughs> it's the guy in Mitch show, yes. <laughs> All right, well, my final question is, what does comic book guy say America needs more now, more than ever? Herman's head. Herman's head. Well, not, not, not just Herman's head. The you know, wisdom, the wisdom of. of him, the wisdom of Herman's head. Yes, <laughs> I have. Um... Oh, you got another question? Cool. What do you oh yeah, for? I've got three more. If you're interested, oh hit me. You might as well. I stole three of yours. So go for okay, it. Okay, then. How far is it from Marge's car to the concert? Oh shit! That would have been on a sign, and I was not paying attention. Well played. What was it? Five miles. Five miles, which is we're not going to go down that fucking rubber hole again. Continue. Mm. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> what is Cletus's surname? Oh, they did say it, didn't they? Ah, oh, mm. shit. I was going to write that down. No, what was it? Spuckler. Spuckler. 
No, there was something else I was going to... Uh, some- oh, Luigi's last name, Risotto. That's what I was thinking yeah. of, Luigi's, yes. <laughs> I've written that down. Luigi Risotto? Come on. I, sh- I should have known Spuckler. I should have known that. Anyway, continue. And my final question, what does it say on the statue of the deadbeat dad? Another one that I wasn't... Well played. I don't know this one either. I just don't have it. I just- <laughs> That's a great quote. <laughs> Reaching into his pockets. Mm-hmm. Pockets turned out and just the shit eating. <laughs> I just don't have it. Did I do that? <laughs> See, that would be the statue of, of Guy as the father. <laughs> not this month, kid. <laughs> All right, that is trivia for... I'm not going to say the title again. We know what it's called. We'll be right back after this short break with our in-depth review. Yeah. Good news, everyone. Everyone's favourite podcast from the year 3000 has returned. Yes, it is Tales of Futurama. Each week, we'll be going back and revisiting every episode of the series, discussing the themes, gags, and all the Easter eggs you may not have seen the first time around. It's Tales of Futurama, available now exclusively at patreon.com slash discount. So the original air date of this episode was January 4th, 2004. It was directed by Bob Anderson, written by John Vitti. The, well, there was no chalk gag, but the couch gag was the one where the Simpsons are all sitting on the couch and all various knives are thrown at them. Much like uh, Kenny in the latest episode of Going Down to South Park, we reviewed Tom's rhinoplasty. Rhinoplasty, however you want to say it. That is correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, Going Down to South Park, available where all good podcasts can be found That's from right. your friends at the Four Finger Discount Network. Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, Homer tries to get a bowl of chips, but another knife stops him from doing so in the catch gag. So the episode kicks off with Bart and Lisa watching the Gator Beta. And this hasn't aged well because poor old yeah. Steve. Poor old Steve, yes. He ended up getting stabbed, I guess, through the chest with a, by a bar, wasn't it, of a stingray? Yeah, of a stingray, yeah. yeah. So uh, National hero. Absolutely. And, you know, very big all over the world. I think he'd, his mo- when When was this episode aired, did you say? 2000 and- 2004. And I believe he got... I know he died on my birthday. Oh, wow. I think it was 2006. Let me just check. Pretty insensitive of him to ruin Dando's birthday like that. I know, right? Buddy Steve. Uh, he passed away on 4th September, 4th September 2006. I remember it was because it was my birthday, my last year of high school. Yeah. Mm. I remember because, it was, well, it was my birthday the next day and I didn't care. No! <laughs> no, Steve, like Steve Irwin, it was one of those deaths where it really rocked everybody because we like to make fun of him. Oh, he's just, he's a character. But when he passed away, it was kind of like, Anyone oh. who does their shit on the regular, like, well, they must be bulletproof. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, they're that's, I guess that's it. Yeah. They're immortal. You, you, you never thought he would actually be killed by an animal. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, it's, it's one of those deaths that's just, like, absolutely takes you by surprise. I mean, well, this weekend we had the tragic loss of Taylor Hawkins, drummer for the Foo Fighters. How crazy. You saw his last gig in Australia. Like, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I couldn't believe it. When I saw that, I was like, wow, I kind of wish I had gone to the gig now. But how, mm. like, I don't want to look back on the gig now and go, I wish I had gone because he's now dead. It's a yeah. morbid way to look at things. I mean, I didn't go because I'd already seen the concert before. But yeah. I bet you're glad that you did go, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're watching the Gator Beta and yeah, mm. poor yeah, old Steve Copter, doesn't he? No. <laughs> watching even a cartoon rendition or caricature of Steve when yeah, get chomped by a gator, it's like, mm, damn. Um, mm. I must admit, though, uh, my takeaway from that is that I'm going to start referring to uh, the old chap as the dangle down. Yeah, I did like uh, that. Although yeah. I might be flattering myself. It doesn't really dangle all that much. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, no one's really dangles. D- 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 does it? <laughs> what? Some kind of freak. <laughs> 
But yeah, so they get uh, Lisa turns it off and she puts on dollhouse do overs and they say how they're going to turn a shoebox into a is it what, a shoebox into a u box something. Like that. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And Bart is disappointed because he missed the feeding frenzy. We got a King of the Hill gag here. Yeah. yeah. I got propane in my urethra or something. Mm. King of the Hill was one of those shows where it was the first one that I remember being like the other popular animated series. Because you had South Park, but that was more for adults. This King of the Hill, I think, started maybe a little bit earlier than South Park, but it always felt like... I guess because it didn't look like The Simpsons. I was like, it doesn't look cartoony enough for me. Mm. When I was a kid, I just didn't... I remember watching it and going... I just don't get this. I was well. That's the thing. I was never really into it. But is it actually for kids? I mean, I think I don't know. But I've been told it's amazing and hilarious. But the problem is, and we've actually said to some of our patrons, patrons have requested what we do a King of the Hill podcast or some reviews. But it's not accessible anywhere in Australia unless you're watching it on like Fox Eight streaming services in Australia. If you're out there listening, please get the rights to King of the Hill. We want to watch that shit. Yeah, come on, Disney Plus. You bought up Fox and all that. Well, it was a Fox show. The world. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder why it's not on. Um, why it's not on Disney Plus? That's bizarre uh, because it's a Fox. It is. It's Fox product. I know it's on Hulu. Disney product. I think it's on Hulu. Hulu in the states. Who knows? There's got to be a reason. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so then they turn on accidentally. Rufy oh, yeah. and Bart explains this is why babies are idiots. And Marge's like, no, 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 Maggie loves Rufy. And I was like, this is it. I'm Marge here. It's like whatever <laughs> kid loves, you love too. Bart suggests, how about you let us watch TV and you buy a Rufy CD? And <gasps> oh no, what have I done? Mom, that's Rufy. His music is why babies are idiots. Well, Maggie likes Rufy, and babies only like good things. Why don't you let us watch TV and get her a Rufy CD? Bart, don't they out on my Rufy rate as A E C E days? I wait, ought nay. Ought wait, ud ke o get on ray. You'll say I be am they oopit stay? Way on a I a as way on gay ans way ute. Up cray. Marge has obviously purchased the CD of Rufy, and then we get the music montage, which was just a way to kill 90 seconds, really, wasn't it? It really was. I, I, I got the... <laughs> it kind of set the tone very well, because it's like, oh, God, I'm getting it, pretty sick of it, this already. It, but, but it did exactly what it was supposed to do, though. That's correct, yeah. But it was also very nice to see Maggie so happy. So it's sort of exactly. Doing yeah. a little shake and a shimmy uh, as she you know, got down to Rufy's tunes. I could have done without the Homer hitting himself in the head with a hammer. I was like, that's a bit stupid. But yeah, as you said, it was nice just seeing Maggie enjoy herself. I also really loved the way Marge was enjoying it as well in the car. Yeah. She was just you know, well, closing her eyes, bopping her head, having a good time. You've gone on wait, too much, some people might say. No, no, no. <laughs> you, but you've talked about how you come to appreciate stuff that the kids like because you can bond over it and also it's, it's stuff that, that um, you know calms the kids down or keeps them happy or whatever. Having said that, is there anything the kids like that you're like, I prefer you didn't like this? There's that, it's called Bliffy or Blippy or something. It's a dude that wears big glasses and he talks like this the whole time. Wow, I'm so excited, guys. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Jesus, it's so annoying. It's one of those things where I like shows that actually, I know Baby Shark is not this, but what Baby Shark does, it actually, like, at least they do like the hand gestures and they can dance Mm -hmm. along to it, right? Yes. But I hate shows where it's just, Elliot and Holly will sit there and just become zombies just looking at the screen. Mm. It's just a guy standing there going, look at this, look at these balls. Woo. Well, and they're just, they're just looking at the guy. I tried pulling oh, funny look, faces and yeah, look keys at all those colours. Oh, they're, they're not actually doing anything. At least Baby Shark makes them dance. They, you know, bop, they do the hand gestures, that kind of thing. If it's engaging and making them get off their ass or it's teaching them things through, like the Wiggles teaching mm. positive attitudes and things like that, that's fine. But things like that guy just fucking playing with fucking colourful balls and stuff, I'm like, nah. Good parenting tip from uh, from Dando. 
Plus, I'm jealous that he's making millions of dollars to do nothing and I'm sitting there doing nothing in an office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing something and making less money than this guy gets for making nothing. What's going on? <laughs> Bart and Lisa are at school. Bart doesn't want to leave at the end of the day. He, he hates that song. He, yeah, he'd, he'd rather write stuff on the chalkboard. Yeah. Ah, we all got tired of that chalkboard gag years ago. I like that. That was good. <laughs> Maggie is now in a trance watching the helpful bear on the 28th floor song. This is what happens. This is what I mean. This is what... Rufy is that blippy or bliffy, whatever he's called. Yeah, he is this guy, you know. Uh, but as much as he makes her happy, but she's not happy. She's just a zombie and she gets really angry and aggressive when you go turn her off. Mm. As I said earlier, Elliot, when you turn off YouTube, he looks at you like, motherfucker, put that fucking thing back on. <laughs> Scares me. Put that YouTube back on that fucking television. <laughs> I'm gonna. It's gonna have so much mileage, <laughs> forever. <laughs> Rufy then promotes his tickets for his concert. And if you don't come, Rufy will be sad, and Helpful <laughs> Bear she will die. <laughs> <laughs> and he like even has a song for 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 selling his tickets. I was like, okay, this is what it's like. Pretty catchy. <laughs> yeah, Maggie then crawls off with the remote into the vent. Homer tries to get it back, but she grabs his nose with a what? What was it? Like a giant tongs? Is that for the fire or something? Yeah, yeah, that's for um, either, that's for adjusting a log in the fire or something. I'm not sure what the actual name is, but a nice little Stooges uh, uh, homage in there. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. wise guy, eh? We get a little bit of a throwback to last exit the Springfield as well with a. <laughs> yep, yep. Marge has got tickets for the uh, for the concert. She got them fair and square and kept her dignity, unlike Janie's mum. <laughs> Janie's mom has got it going on. What's the worst thing you've done to gain entry to something? That's a good question. Like, um, who were they and was it dangling? <laughs> Can't. I'll show you the dangle down. <laughs> we'll let you in if you don't. Um, <laughs> what would you do to interview? Who's the one person you've ever interviewed you want to interview? Steven Spielberg would be nice. Who's? The, what would you do to interview Spielberg? You don't, um, you don't want to know how far I'd go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is... We swear a bit on here, but it's mostly a family show, so I won't tell you. Um, I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, I think I'm so used to sort of maintaining what little dignity I have. Would you kiss the PR rep on the butt cheek, bare cheek? Would you kiss him for an interview with Spielberg? Is it a shapely female derriere? No, 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 no. This is this is a Weinstein-esque derriere. Oh, Slightly sweaty. If it's a butt cheek, yes. What about once on each? Well, I have to be on each, yeah. So one one kiss gets you a zoom. On the flank. One, one kiss one kiss is a zoom interview. Two cheeks is in person. Well, we're not. Are we talking like a or a mm, like a big smooch. Well, it depends what takes you fancy. Yeah. If you want to get right in there, go for it. But you, don't, you only you only have to do a big little. Hmm. <laughs> He's hmm. contemplating it, people. I'm thinking He's considering. about it. I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I would not. I- you wouldn't do it. Dignity. Always dignity. Ah, fuck dignity, man. You get interview Spielberg. All it takes is some sweaty crack in your face. That's fine. <laughs> you wouldn't do it? I'd do it. I'd do it for you. Okay. Well, <laughs> see, see, there we go. I knew it would work out. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so it's now a traffic jam. <gasps> this concert is oversold. It's as if a music promoter acted unscrupulously. I loved this Woodstock parody. It was really solid. I really appreciated the breastfeeding. <laughs> Sharing the dummy. Now, I've got to say, the Simpsons clearly had some money to throw around at this stage because I'm guessing that... Some even with songs Mick, getting played, yeah. Yeah, even with Mick and Keith appearing on the show as they did a season or two ago, I'm sure the rights to, you know, give me shelter, don't come cheap. I don't think they would have said to 
Simpsons HQ. Oh, all right, fellas, here you go. Have one of our most famous songs for your for your episode about babies. <laughs> I wonder if I feel like people like the Rolling Stones would say, "Donate some money to charity in our name," and you can play the song. Buy me some drugs or something. I don't think you have to, I don't think Jagger has ever purchased drugs in his life. I don't think he's much of a drug guy. Also, no, he doesn't seem. This is the thing. Richards, yes. Jagger, I don't think he is at all. Richards was, yeah, absolutely, and he's probably calmed right down now, although he still smokes Marlboro Reds in his 70s. What a man. Um, Yeah, but I remember seeing ages ago a doco on on Jagger and he was just like working out every morning and having Mm -hmm. like his, you know, his green juice and all that. So, but I suppose you have to if you're going to be, you know, prancing around on stage at at his advanced age with, you know, so much energy. The drummer's passed now, hasn't he? Charlie Watts. Yes. Rest in peace, Charlie Watts. So we're at uh, Woodstock and we get the Teletubbies making their comeback special. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. What, what was uh, Tinky Winky um, acquitted Acquitted of? a manslaughter. Correct. They really nailed it here. Custard. Kids fucking throwing shit on stage. That's the greatest <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> and Marge. Oh, this is actually quite good. Oh, the second one wants custard too. Oh, okay. That's what kids shows are like. Just repetitive shit, a lot of it. Then it starts raining and Marge is concerned because Maggie's got extra absorbent diapers. This is where Steve goes to inform Rufy of what's going down. I did it all, man. (laughs) And Rufy starts his gig, but all the kids are crying. They're not paying attention. Apparently, mum took me to see a Wiggles gig when I was about two or three. She said, this is what it was like. She wasn't outdoors, but... It was just mayhem. There was just kids running around crying and carrying on, not listening. She said, you were bored out of your brain. She goes, it was a nightmare. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the mil- someone throws a milk bottle at Rufy. He's pissed off about that. And they take down the tower, much like in Happy Gilmore when they pull the tower down oh, yeah. and things like that. And then we get the news report. I liked the three little subheadings on the side there. So we get police threaten timeout. Baby Tamir. Wow. wow. <laughs> and Rafi denounces Rufy. Rufy. Also the... The, what, the first aid kit where the overwhelmed doctors are deciding what's an owie and what's a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> but I love it kicks off with babies got backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but before that, though, with the all the cops being sort of, uh, it was like a, a, a baby tsunami. Oh, that's it, just, it's just after that moment. Is it? Yes, it's coming up after because they speak to Tyler on the line. He's just pressing various buttons. Oh, Rufy, okay. Then Rufy ends the show, you know, five, six, so long hicks. I'm like, I like to think that this is how most child performers are. They're just like, I fucking hate these kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, he leaves in the, in the helicopter, all the planes he said earlier, the helicopter, and the baby's all falling off. Then we get the Simpsons trying to get in, and Chief's like, no, no, you don't want to go in there. They've got some teeth and sharp little fingernails. And then they start clubbing the women and the children. Continue. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I thought, mm, this is getting a bit sort of uh, mm, bracing. But yeah. I was like, oh my, they're actually they're beating kids. Yes, yes. But when they're smothered by a whole bunch of babies, I'm like, yes, it would be cute, but also kind of gross. It it would be if they're all snotty and shit. Yeah, it would be. It's kind it like when I. Be- it's like when I go to pick up the kids from daycare, it's like walking through a zombie more, uh, fucking, <laughs> a fucking pla- play. What do you call it? A zombie? What's a gang of zombies? Horde? Horde? I guess you could say horde of zombies. Yeah, say yeah. Horde. Yeah, yeah. They run up to you. It's like, I'm not your daddy. Get it off me. Get the fuck off my leg. <laughs> I like my kid's snot. I can I can take my kid's snot, not your snot. Yeah, not your snot. Exactly right. Um, but the, the thing is, though, you forget that they're beating up kids when they end the scene with them tummy kissing their way out. Like, ah. <laughs> So we come back and we've got the news here. And this is where we've got the baby's got backlash. This is the, the, the part here. Uh, Cletus explains that his home has been destroyed and they got a quote from him. He's not filing charges because 
He says, I ain't fungified, hidey, hidey who, about no legalification, no ways or something. Just- I'm, I'm glad you wrote that, Dan. I'm glad you remembered <laughs> that because like, I'm not even going to try. No, yeah. Scratch his rear, hitch his pants, scratch his rear again. They've got their <laughs> town meeting now and Kabul is no longer their sister city. Oh. And the, the damages is now well over a million dollars. I'm like, how and why? It was all out on the fucking Damn. field. How did it cost a million dollars? But anyway, they suck it out with the, the vents in the, in the roof, which I thought was quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> and he introduces Lindsay Nagel, the yeah. founder, the founder of single seniors, childless couples, and teens and gays. Catch your name, Skagatagap. <laughs> yes, and she says they're tired of paying for other people's kids. Why should we have to do so? And Marge speaks up, and they they cheer some things that she says, and they boo some others. And Lindsay then says, "I want nudity in the f word on free to air television, whatever they call it, well, network on, TV, on network TV, network TV. Yep, close enough. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. If you've if you've got uh, Netflix or <laughs> HBO, I know they're not network TV, but, uh, you know, you can just stay in the comfort of your home and get all manner of boobs and profanity. Huzzah! I love the future. <laughs> I remember putting <laughs> I remember putting Netflix on. There was this show. It's called Sex Life, I think it was called. Mm-hmm. I was like, first episode, and I was like, <laughs> it's like, oh no, 11.30 at night, TV was on, not loud, and all of a sudden it's just this Bam, sex scene, naked woman on screen. I was like, oh my, get this off the TV quick. Nicholas going to be angry. But I was just like, there was, ne- I never in my life did I ever imagine where that would just be so easily accessible. Oh, yeah. But like, you've got to be, as a parent, you've got to be careful. You've got to fucking block that shit. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> like, if Ellie just goes on there accidentally, it's just like, boom, boobs. I was like, oh my. It's like, I had to wait till I was nine years old and watching Species. Yeah, exactly, as we discussed in um in Tom's Rhinoplastic. Natasha Hensridge, Star of Species, on Tom's Rhinoplastic, which we discussed on Going Down to South Park from your friends at the Four Figure Discount Network. Always <laughs> friends. <laughs> well, we like to think we're friendly. Lindsay Nagel, the children are, are our future. Today belongs, belongs to, to me. me. I'm like, I'm like, guy would believe in this motto. It's a it's a top <laughs> slogan. <laughs> I must admit, sorry to bring the room down a little bit, yeah, but yeah. the lovely Louise and I last night. Uh, watched on ABC iView an episode of Four Corners from the other night, which was basically about wild weather and uh, climate change and all this kind of stuff, and it's, you know, showing a whole bunch of recent extreme weather events. And we're like, yeah. Louise and I are both, you know, card carrying members of Generation X. Going, we probably should have done a bit more, huh? <laughs> oh well, their problem. There we go. So yeah, but today belongs to us. <laughs> that's that's your problem, kids. <laughs> I like how here. You can't change the rules halfway through. I never would have had kids. <laughs> <laughs> Luigi Vents and Sideshow Mel Vents. And then Lindsay says, let's kill every child. Ladies and gentlemen, let's kill every child friendly thing in town. Yeah! It's time to put away childish things and become a man. Yeah, yeah. So we've got the, the various things. So they're, they're um, burning all the toys, the, the squeaky voice teen, his voice breaks. Uh, they pull down the itchy and scratchy statue. And then we get the, um, they're turning the Toys R Us R around the correct way. Finally. And the ki- yes. And the kids are all sad. Millhouse's face there is a parody of something. Yes. I was thinking that, but then I did not look it up. <laughs> well, the Millhouse parody is inspired by a picture of a Frenchman who was weeping when the Nazis occupied France. Ah, okay then. There we get another news and a lot of news stories in this episode. Um, this is I'm mayor. okay. More, more Ken yes. Brockman. The mayor is announcing that, and more Quimby for you as well. The mayor is announcing that they're going to be tasing kids. I want to, be cu- I want to cuddle. I'm not kidding. The statue for the deadbeat dad. I like that. And how great was it that Kirk's like, that's it? 
Just a statue? <laughs> <laughs> this country okay. makes me sick. Like he actually, you know, he's the deadbeat. Anyway, so they uh, they get here, the, the ride, you must be taller now. They raise the height uh, mm-hmm. requirement. The school bus is now the bus to Atlantic City, so the old people can go gambling. <laughs> and the toys now being turned into various things such as suitcases and filing cabinets. Also at the library, the young adult is now adult. I've got here, this is guys kind of, guys kind of a section. Indeed. <laughs> Miss Nagel, I'm sorry to surprise you like this. But I thought if we met face-to-face, we could settle our differences. Well, let's make it quick. I know you have to get back to your kids, and I'm late for a skydiving massage. I'll cut to the chase. I brought with me the very best reason I can think of for what I believe in. Her name is Lisa. And I wouldn't trade her for all the sleeping Sundays and speed dating in the world. Which I thought was a really nice line. It is a very nice line, and also show that Marge is pretty smart, leading with her strongest asset. It's like Springfield just knows. The school knows always lead with Lisa. Marge knows always lead with Lisa. <laughs> yes. Keep Bart over in the shadows. Lisa, uh, Lisa admires Lindsay's success, even though she doesn't agree with what she's doing. And she goes, oh, I hope the eggs that I sold turn out just like you. This is where <laughs> Bart comes out of the shadows. He's locked the keys in the car and a bag's full of shit. <laughs> Is it puke or shit? I think it might be puke. Oh, was it puke, was it? Okay, yes. I, thought it was, I thought it was shit. Either way, it's unpleasant. Yes, it sure is. I, would you prefer a bag full of puke or a bag full of shit? A bag full of puke. Yes. Because it hasn't gone through the digestive system yet. True. And it doesn't stink as much mm. as shit. Shit just has one of those st- smells that's like, oh, man. It smells like shit. It smells exactly like shit. It's yeah. funny, that, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's all that coming. <laughs> Lindsay points out, oh, well, meanwhile, my bag's full of disposable income. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I, 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 I remember those days. That was great. And Marge is like, I guess this means war. I'm going to start a voter-sponsored initiative. And this gets Lindsay concerned, doesn't it? It does indeed. Now, I'm trying mm. to remember what all the end of this scene was from where everyone sort of it felt a bit all the president's manish, But at the same time, I don't know if it's an exact homage to that. But With the March <laughs> primary and all that? Yes, yeah. With all the sort of the, the dramatic music and the... Particularly the camera angle of, the, of Marge's legs and the, the car pulling out and all that kind of stuff. Again, we might we may have to do a little bit of googling that maybe we should have done before the episode. But you oh, know. We, could, we could we could just ask the listeners to let us know. Simpsons mailbag at gmail.com. You do the work for us, listeners. That'd yes, be great. <laughs> We'd really appreciate it, yeah. and it makes you feel like you're part of a, a bigger part of the show. We're now at Luigi's and Sideshow Mel and Lindsay are enjoying a nice romantic dinner with no kids around. As you said earlier, anecdotes about lovemaking without having to look around and all that kind of thing. And Sideshow Mel says we're into the golden age. And I must agree, it is great to get out without the kids and have some dinner because, mate, sometimes... Yeah. <laughs> it's like I said to Nicola, she's like, we should go out for dinner. And I'm like, what is the point in paying five times as much for food when we're going to sit there? It's going to go cold because we're too busy watching the kids. Elliot's running around. Holly's crying. She shits her pants. Why would we pay five times as much to do this? We can do this at home. <laughs> <laughs> Just around the kitchen table. I, I can shit my pants for free at home. Exactly right. Fucking hell. What a crazy woman. But yeah, getting out without <laughs> the kids is right. Ah. That, that was Dando kissing a butt, by the way. It certainly was. Yep. <laughs> I, got my, I got my interview with Spielberg. The kids area at Luigi's is just absolute chaos and this is very much what it's like when you go to a, a restaurant that allows kids and Marge announces that she's going to start the Family Comes First initiative, the uh, was it Proud Parents Against, against whatever the other one's called. Against yes. So it's We've prepared the Families Come First initiative. Now, the first thing we're going to need is money. I'm so sorry, Marge. But I guess you get the bill, huh? 
Oh, for a love of pizza. Luigi Risotto. That's a me. I'm from the U.S. Immigration Department. I thought it was just really, really well done. It was very, very smart, very, very <laughs> well put together. <laughs> also, yeah, just staring and in, steering into the stereotype. Luigi Risotto. What kind of a surname is that for him? Uh, just trying to get people to sign up to her Family Come First initiative, but they're just not interested at all. Comic book guys only interested in signing up to get cancelled sitcoms brought back onto television. I thought we might have got a Firefly mention here, but I guess that's not a sitcom, is it? Not really. And also, when did that come out? Two thousand and one, I think. Was it? Okay. Ah, let me have a look. Firefly. I could be wrong. 2002, 2003. Okay. Yeah. Nearly got it right. Nearly got it right. You're so close. I was so close. Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, comic book guy will not sign up. And then we get the tobacco representative trying to get her soul. Now we own you. But that doesn't work at all. I really like tobacco, Satan. <laughs> it yeah. was great visuals. Yeah, it reminded me of Devil Flanders. <laughs> Burns then says that he will sign up. I despised this next line. Despised. One of my least favourite moments I reckon I've ever had watching The Simpsons. I'll sign your petition. Mr. Burns, you care about children? Yes, particularly their supple young organs. Oh, unfenced backyard pools, where would I be without you? Making fun of children drowning in pools that are unfenced? I was like, that's just fucking uncool. My response was, that pool gag was a bit dark. I was always angry when I watched it. I was like, really? What the fuck? Like, what the fuck? What, what if like a kid's watching this and their brother or sister drowned in a pool? You fucking motherfuckers. Like, terrible. I think it's horrific. One of the worst gags in the history of The Simpsons. Cut that line at your fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> How fun is it to say the fucking part? The it episode? really is. <laughs> <laughs> You can say what you like about his actions. He was wrong. He was misguided. He was. He went over the top. You can't. You can't fault Will's timing. <laughs> your your final words this episode better be a riff on that. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Give your money to our fucking Patreon. <laughs> oh, so good. Lenny and Carl. They see Burns signing up. Oh, rich guys know what's best for us. We better sign up as well. The newspaper headline of Families Come First is now on the ballot. Second headline, less important study show. <laughs> Another news report, and this time they're showing the commercial that's actually against Marge. Just taking the piss, saying that she's going to smoke, uh, snort coke off of a blade of a knife. <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's not what I believe in. Well, why did why you appear it? <laughs> I love that bit. <laughs> Marge feels like, you know, it's, it's over. What, what's the point? They're, they're, they're going to win. Homer says, no, I'm going to support you. I'm going to weigh you down for the rest of your life. I thought, nah, it's a bit of a silly gag, but whatever. At least he's going to support her. Um, he's going to come down on them. She gives him half a sandwich. She always keeps one at bay for him. <laughs> then Homer makes the commercial here. Here comes my commercial in six, five, four. Mm, I probably should have watched it first. You probably heard a lot of bad things about families come first, but newspaper writers are a bunch of jerks. Who really opposes families come first? Many childless advocates are like Ben Affleck, famous successful people from out of state. They live in fancy houses in other places. Families come first is supported by lifelong Springfieldians you know and trust, like me. Millhouse's dad, Bumblebee Man, Surly Duff, and that jerk that goes, Yes! For more information, visit our website, www.aljazeera.com. 
We're not affiliated, we're just piggybacking on their message board. I am Rudy Giuliani. Do as I command you. I am Rudy Giuliani. Do as I command you. I know what they were going for here, but I don't think it quite worked. Like, first of all, this is what, for me, it was like, this just shows the difference between season 15 Simpsons and season four Simpsons or season five okay. Simpsons, whenever Mr. Plough was in, right? I think it was season four. In Mr. Plough, you know, they are a middle-class family. They can't afford to put a commercial on TV. So their commercial is very low budget. Yes. And it is it's on in the middle of the night on 3 a.m. on like the community station because that's believable. Somehow Homer in season 15 is able to afford to put a commercial on the normal station. That's a very good point, Dando. I hadn't really thought about it. Now that I do think about it, it's all I'm going to think about. It's a slightly Olympic, but it just goes to show the the the, the thinking behind the show, how it's mm. changed from what is believable to what makes the story continue. It feels like cut corners. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it's it's one of those. I feel like in the writers' room now in season fifteen, there would have been a lot of ah, it doesn't matter. Mm. Ah, people won't care. Ah, who cares? But in season four, it was like oh, how can we make this so it won't annoy the viewers? But anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. As I just said, that's what they would say. <laughs> Magia, I probably should have watched this first. And I did like that. I am Rudy Giuliani. <laughs> Do as I command you. <laughs> but it-, it shows that, you know, it's a definitely a different time when Rudy, Rudy Giuliani was like America's mm. mayor uh, in the years immediately sort of after um, September 11th. Happens when you, well, it was even during um, Seinfeld as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rudy Giuliani was quite beloved there for a while and then... And he's doing press conferences in front of old fucking shops instead of yeah, hotels. And trying to crack onto Borat's daughter. Really? Did you ever see that in um Did not know. the the Borat sequel? Oh, so it was for a movie though, right? Or was it set up or was it real? I think it was one of those setup things that Oh, but he didn't realise he was on camera. I he, I don't know if he yeah. It, it's a he weird had to one. have been. Had to have known. I don't know. I don't know. He it does seem very it's staged, but also... Do you know I've never seen the Borat films? You've got to have a sort of tolerance for uncomfortable comedy. And I, I'm i not really good with that kind of thing. Anytime anyone's embarrassed by anything, I'm like, oh, I can't watch. Oh, you know, was, the lovely Louise and I were watching 90 Day Fiance last night and, you know, some guy was just fucking up. I had to turn away. I was like, I can't watch this. I really can't. <laughs> oh, it's, it's horrific, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and the Borat movies, as much as I wholly admire and respect and enjoy Sasha Baron Cohen. It's like, oh, God, no. All these people who are just showing the ent- the world their entire ass. I can't do it. Can't do it. Marge is really disappointed the commercial didn't go as planned because he said yes on 232. <laughs> is meant to be no on 232. And he fucked up the bumpy stickers. Yeah. yeah, they weren't even handed out. So Marge says he needs to be alone. This is where Lisa and Bart go, look, we need to come up with an idea. We're going to lose. We have to do something here. I'm like, motherfuckers, why weren't you helping in the first place? Yeah. <laughs> Bart comes up with the idea about, you know, something about kids. He's the visionary. Lisa does the nuts and bolts. Then much much like the relationship between you and I, Dando. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're the visionary. Yes, and you're the nuts and bolts guy. <laughs> you're, you're the dangle down guy. Everyone arrives at school to cast their vote. And the kids arrive, I love you, giving them cuddles. <laughs> People unaware, they're actually making them sick. Ah, there you go. Time to destroy your future. <laughs> but he, uh, he can't make it, though, because they're all sick. They've given them the, the common cold, and they realize that the child germs have got to them. I love the, uh, Gerald, the one-eyed the one eyebrow oh, yeah. baby, spitting on comic book guy, I think it was. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. Then the, the Yes Man. I, I, I did like that how Homer references Yes Man in his commercial because Dan does the voice. Yes, that, that jerk who says, you. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> for all their disposable income, for all their leisure time, they had no immunity against God's loneliest creatures, children. And everything is back to the way it was, the way it should ever, the way it always should be. A nice little shout out to, you know, the Simpsons kind Status of res- quo. resetting all the time. Yep, yep. And Homer says it's time to dump the kids at an R-rated movie and go someplace nice. So, yes, I thought this was a really fun episode. It caught me off guard because I always remember this as the annoying roofie one. It's one of those ones where I think because before I was a parent, I hated the songs like that. And when mm. it was roofie, I was like, this song is so annoying. What are you doing this to me? I, I don't want, and I would turn it off because I, I found it annoying. As a parent, I appreciated what they were doing there, and I now understand it was doing exactly what it was supposed to do and pissing me off. <laughs> As someone who didn't have kids when he first watched it and someone who didn't have kids when he next time watched it, I felt completely the same. <laughs> but, but it was a fun episode, wasn't it? It was. Perfectly good yep. episode. No problem with this. No notes. What did we learn, Palmer? All right, so what did you learn from the episode, Mr. Davis? Oh, that's a very good question. Uh, don't let a child get anywhere near you. It did. That's a good. That's a good answer. I learned never let Nicola uh, go to a children's concert wearing an easily unbuttoned shirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I must have been. I mean, one of my beloved sisters uh, was a teacher for a very long time, and she was always sick. Always sick. Hmm. That's kind. Of, and it's funny because I'm always. I say always sick. Nicola. It feels like Nicola's because she's not getting much sleep. It feels like her immune system's low. Right. So, and Nicholas have got a, a low immune system anyway, not a very strong one. So, when the kids get sick, she generally gets sick as well. She's mm. breastfeeding, she gets it, right? But it's hard because at work, I feel like I'm letting the team down because I'm constantly having to leave work early to pick up the kids because they're sick or Nicholas not well, so I've got to work from home. And it feels like I'm doing the wrong thing, but you shouldn't feel that way. So, if there's mm. any listeners out there who are parents of young children and you too feel like you feel guilty, I understand completely how you feel. You feel guilty because you've got to go look after the kids and look after your family. If your work doesn't support that, then find a new place to work because mm. it is very important that they support you. You should never, ever feel guilty for putting family first. Well said, Dando, and I 100% agree with you. From this day forward, your name shall be... All right, it's time now for the Guy Davis New Name Championship for Season 15. All oh, right, but so we've we're done- putting an interesting spin on it this we time. Are. We've changed things up now. We promised this a few weeks ago and we've finally done it. Uh, we have, what I've done is I've gathered up all the new names and I sent them to Guy and he picked his favorite ones without seeing which name was attached. Just to make sure we got rid of any bias. So this Blind is Blind picks. Blind picks, yes. So the current leaderboard stands uh, in third position. We have Jordan Saville on four. In out, uh, not outright second, in joint second, we have D.L. Gorman and Philip Hawkins on six points, and a three-way tie for first position on seven points, Luke McKay, Garod Harrowhill, and Nora Coker. Not Coker, Coker. Now, your number one, Mr. Davis, what have you got for me? As number one for one point. One point. I picked Campaign in the Ass. And that one goes to Garod Harrowhill. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Which puts him outright first on eight points. Well done, Garode. I, I promise you, Guy did not see any of these names. This is all purely based on what he judged as the best new names. So, Garode, well done for one point. Indeed. Now, for two points, two uh, entrants are getting two points apiece. Mm-hmm. One of them is Rufy Madness. That goes to Brian Hughes. Well done. He's finally on the leaderboard. Uzi. Uh And another two points goes to whoever gave us Referendum. I believe that is one Nora Coker. 
There you go. Nora Coker now outright first on nine points. Oh, my God, what a horse race. <laughs> and the three points goes to who, Mr. Davis? The three points go to. Now, a, a little bit about my judging process here, because Rufy is part of the show, but he's not really the, the whole thing. He's kind of the instigator. So that's why Rufy Madness and Ruferendum only got two points. Mm-hmm. I wanted, uh, I needed a title that sort of talked about the whole episode or summed up yep. the entire episode. Mm-hmm. And that's why three points goes to a play on the uh, old Who album title, The Kids Are All Right. The Kids Aren't All Right. Well played, Mr. Steve Roberts. Steve Roberts. We've heard that yeah. name before. He's he's on the list, isn't he? I don't believe this year he has not. No, I do oh. not have him on the leaderboard at all for season 15. So he is now on three points. Well done, Steve Roberts. Nice one. Yeah, so there you go. That's what happens, guys. So poor old DL and Luke McKay, and they all missed out. Phil Hawkins, what's going on? Did did all these guys, all these all these fine folks, did they submit new they titles sure this time around? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay, Very interesting. Then. Okay, well, 50% of the ones that got points are familiar to the to the yeah. leaderboard. Up the top, yeah. The other two are not entirely unfamiliar. Well, they are this season, but... Uh, Okay. Been on before, yeah. Yeah, interesting, interesting, interesting. We have to do this going forward. I think every week. I think it makes it far more exciting. Do you think so? I do. I like it. Let's do it this way. <laughs> okay. It just makes sure that it guarantees that the new name is what you're deciding by name, not by name. If that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Well, if you want to do it this way, Dando, that's all right by me. Let's do it. So now the leaderboard stands at this. We have outright positions for the top three now. So in first position, Nora Coker. On nine points in second position, Garoda Harrahill on eight points, and Luke McKay in third position on seven points. Whoa. Thank you to everyone who has sent in new names for this week's Guy Davis New Name Championship. Remember, all you got to do to be a part of the end of season wildcard draw, the prize draw, is get your name on the leaderboard, even just one point. It doesn't matter. You don't have to win. You just got to be on the leaderboard at the end of the season, and the winner obviously gets a cash prize as well. And to do so, you just got to be a member of the Four Finger Discount family on Patreon for as little as $1 where you get to join the Facebook group. You can just join for one month if you like, join the Facebook group, and then jump out if you like. But if you, as soon as you're in that group, you're never out. We appreciate everyone who supports the show, and you can go to patreon.com slash discount right now to join the family and join mm. in all the fun. But enough about the new names, Mr. Davis. It is now time we undo the zip and dig deep into that Marge versus singles, seniors, childless couples, and teens and gays mailbag. Let's do it. Javale! Javale is here! So the first question here comes from Brandon Twitchell. And Brandon says, what was the worst concert slash live event you've ever attended and why was it bad? We had a couple of responses here from from people. Dave Abbott-Smith says it was a nude painting session featuring Harold from Neighbours. Oh, my God. The coffee they served afterwards was sour. (laughs) (laughs) And Andrew JP says he went to see a gig of Cannibal Corpse on a Monday night in Brisbane about a decade ago. The band were fine, but the atmosphere was dead. At one point, they even yelled at the crowd to wake up. Plus, I was right down the back, so I saw them a year later, and it was much better. So what's the worst gig you've ever been to, Mr. Davis, or live event? I'm going to have to think about this, because I don't really go to that many gigs. I'm not, I'm not a huge live music guy. Okay. So um, I must admit, though, I did. Uh, the lovely Louise and I went down to, um, I, don't know, I suppose it was a day on the green, maybe a month and a half ago, where it was. The, the lead act was Ice House. And, oh, you've mentioned this, actually. Yeah. And they were actually pretty good. Well, was it a day on the green? I thought it was that was by the bay, wasn't it? Oh, it might have been something. Because yeah. that had Pete Murray, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. I mean, it was a day on the green 
Esk. Esk, yep, yep, yep. Yes, I've forgotten the actual name of it. It was like uh, something by the sea or, yeah, it was just called by the sea. I'm current. Uh, the, the acts were fine, if not necessarily to my speed. I mean, I'm not a huge Missy Higgins fan and, you know, she was up there with the guitar. But, um, and, yeah, the day itself was perfectly fine, although near the end you got a bunch of Generation Xs who have been in the sun, um, can't hold their liquor as well as they used to, people are falling over their folding chairs, and at least one woman in front of me, she puked once. And then yeah, you fr- mentioned this story, actually. She threw up, yeah. Yeah, and then her friends, trying to sort of help her out, put a plastic bag over her head so she could throw up into the bag. Yeah, not yeah. great. So I was like, mm, that's kind of bringing the mood down a little bit. I remember being pissed when, and WWE notorious for this, false advertising, right? So <laughs> it was 2002, the first time WWE had been to Australia in like 20 years or something. And so it was a big deal. It was when wrestling was still in a boom period. And I remember... All in the lead up, they had Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's coming. Hulk Hogan's going to be here, right? Had him come to Australia to do the promotion, blah, blah, blah. It was all about Hulk Hogan. He was on the poster. He was on the fucking side of the... It was called Colonial Stadium at the time. It's now called mm-hmm. Marvel Stadium. It was all about Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and Brock Lesnar, blah, blah, blah. Bigger stars WWE had to offer. Yep. They get there about 10 minutes before the show. Just letting you know that Hulk Hogan will not be here in attendance tonight. And we're just going, what the fuck? Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, if you would like a refund, you have... 20 minutes to go to the ticket bay to oh, get your that refund. that sucks. And I'm like, you motherfuckers would have known Hulk Hogan was not going to be here for a good 24 hours, if not more. Yes. But you waited to 10 minutes before the show. And you're going to give us like, 20 minutes to get our ticket bay? Oh. Yeah, like, like, fuck off. It's, been a bit of, like, it's like, it was the biggest load of shit. I it, was it would have been more furious. carnage for people trying to get back tickets than it would be in the ring. Yeah, exactly. And then the following year, they did the same stunt, but this time with Ric Flair. I'm like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I've been God to- damn. Like who, two, who, who would have imagined that wrestling would have been so um fake. so sketchy? <laughs> they, they kayfabed you. They did a heel turn themselves. They sure did. Uh, next question, Georgia Catherine says, what's the childish song that always gets stuck in your head? She sings the Bluey theme song pretty often. Mm. Well, me too as well. Bluey's stuck in my head a lot. Baby Shark's the one that gets stuck a lot in my head. I don't know if it's a baby song so much, but uh, from my youth... Mm-hmm. Um, Scooby Doo was always very catchy. Scooby Scooby Doo, where are you? from you now. Yeah. What about Flintstones? Flintstones, me yeah. the Flintstones. That, I miss a good theme song. They don't do them anymore. They do not. Uh, but I think out of those two, having the Ubi Ubi Oo is it's a bit more it's a bit more catchy and it's fun for a kid to say. Scooby yeah. Scooby Doo. Scooby Dooby Doo, where are you? Yeah, good, good, good choice. All right, we'll pick one more question here from the patrons and we'll head over to the Simpsons mailbag. Right, all right. Well, this one here is not really a question, but Brian Hughes says that he did appreciate the tot offensive card behind Kent Brockman. Not only was it a great <laughs> pun, but it was a continuation of the Vietnam Woodstock theme. Uh, I agree. Not so much a question, uh, more of a pointing out, but uh, a, a, a very, well, uh, very well noted. And uh, yes, I concur. This one here comes from uh, SimpsonsMailbag at gmail.com. This one's from Lawrence. And Lawrence writes in and says, Hey, Four Finger Discount. My name is Lawrence. I'm a long-time listener, first-time emailer. I just wanted to reach out and tell you how much I love your podcast. I work at my church and have a lot of time to myself, so I fill it in with podcasts to listen to, and I eventually got around to listening to yours. And, And I am so glad that I did. This is, without a doubt, the funniest podcast I've ever listened to. The amount of times I'm walking around 
work with headphones in and just randomly burst out laughing is insane. I listen to about five episodes a day and I'm quickly catching up. This podcast is so damn good that I've actually started watching the newer seasons as I never watched past season 10 as a kid because they didn't interest me. Oh, that was the whole purpose of the show is to rekindle everyone's love for the show and make everyone realize there's more episodes than just the golden era, guys. Don't listen to the fucking... Dickheads on yes. Facebook. No, don't. It's, it's okay. Listen, listen to these dickheads on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. He says, Dando, on previous episodes, you've said that you and your wife visit England on occasion. Well, of course, Nicholas from England. And he and his wife live in London. So if we are if we are ever in the UK, or if you guys are ever visiting the UK, I insist you reach out so we can take you guys out for dinner and drink. Well, I'm sure Guy and Lovely Louise, if you're ever over there as well, I'm sure he'll take you out for dinner as well. Hmm. He says, I love hearing about your wives and your son as I have a three-year-old daughter and hearing other parents go through the same motions of parenting makes me feel good to know that I'm not the only one out there trying to make sense of everything. I'm currently listening to season 10 reviews, so he's finally caught up to Mr. Davis's reviews. So apologies if any of this uh, brought up my email sounds outdated, but just keep up the great work and stay safe down there. Well, thank you so much for the um, the, the message, Lawrence. It wasn't even a question there. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Lawrence. Even though you're, you're not praising me at all, you just you, you seem like Mitch. I mean, you may, you may think it goes completely downhill after this. He didn't mention Mitch at all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but he likes the show with Mitch. He does. He, likes he does, me. yes. Okay. But thank you so much, Lawrence, for the message. We do love to hear from each and every one of our listeners. Please, if you have never written, written to the show and you do enjoy it, please let us know. We'd love to hear from you as well. Uh, one more here comes from Jonathan. Uh, this is also an observation. Hi, Guy and Dando. See, he mentioned you. Hi, Yay! <laughs> Sorry, this is at least a season late, but I was just watching the episode Excuse Me While I Missed the Sky. And I noticed while Lisa was watching the Planetarium show, the music in the background is from The Planets, an orchestral suite by English composer Gustav Holst, written around 1918. It has seven movements, each one named after a planet from our solar system. It's really great music, and I love that The Simpsons used it in an episode. I'm not sure if you mentioned this on the podcast or not, and I couldn't find a mention of it online, so I thought I'd point that out. I love the show. It's like a warm hug for my brain every Friday morning. Cheers, oh. John. Thank you for adding a little culture to our um, uh, to our lives, man. Yes, <laughs> that was yeah. I don't think we mentioned that. Uh, as you said, I don't think it's anywhere online. So thank you for mm. making us all aware of this this new fact. Thank yes. you, John, and thank you for listening to the show. We do appreciate your support. And get on Spotify and listen to the planets. That is right. Also. Get on Spotify and listen to our podcast and leave us five stars and a few kind words if you can do so. Also on Apple Podcasts as well. We do oh. love to hit. What? I'm just so impressed by how you, you picked that up and <laughs> ran with it. Mm-mm-mm, that's good salesmanship. <laughs> we would love for you guys to all leave us five stars and a few kind words on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do listen to the show. Um, the more ratings, the more chance we're going to be found by new people looking for Simpsons podcasts. There are plenty of them out there now. I know when we first started, there were about two or three. Now there's like 100 plus. So it's hard to stand out from the crowd, but hopefully we can do so if you keep sending us some five-star reviews. Please also don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Four Finger Pod, on Instagram at Four Finger Discount. And if you do appreciate everything we do here on Four Finger Discount and you want to show some support and get access to a bunch of exclusives, I'm talking hours upon hours upon hours of exclusives in return, you can join the family at patreon.com slash Four Finger Discount. But this has been our review of Marge versus single seniors, childless couples and teens and gays. It's been a hell of a good time, been good fun. Uh, next week, we're going to be re- reviewing one of my favorite later season episodes. I say later season, season 15 episode, I know, but it's called I Annoyed Gruntbot. And I think I love this because I was a big fan of Robot Wars growing up. Oh. And this is essentially the Robot Wars meets the Simpsons. It's a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to reviewing that one on next week's show. As I said, join up to the Patreon if you want to show some support and get access to a bunch of exclusives. Follow us on Twitter, uh, on Instagram, and leave us five stars on either in, uh, Apple Podcasts 
Spotify, or wherever you listen to the podcast. Next week is I Annoyed Gruntbot. But for now, Mr. Davis, I'm excited. <laughs> Any final words for our amazing listeners? Put this podcast in your fucking ears. <laughs>